0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Support for this show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, so ambitious companies have the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com.
2: A few years ago, Dr. Nasir Gami had a patient who was having suicidal thoughts. He gave the patient a small dose of lithium. A few weeks later, the patient came back
3: for a follow-up. Gami asked him if he'd noticed any change. And he said, yes, well, before you gave me the lithium, I would drive over this bridge and I'd always say to myself, huh, I could just drive off this bridge. And now that I was on the lithium, I would drive over the bridge and I said to myself, hmm, I used to think I could drive off this bridge. And it was this kind of subtle effect that was almost immediate. That was an example of the kind of benefit people can get with lithium for suicide ideas. It seems to prevent suicide directly. It's not so much because patients get less depressed, they just get less suicidal. And there's even research about it doing so with very low doses, like what you see in the water supply.
2: From the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is Future Perfect, a podcast that looks at big problems through the lens of effective altruism. I'm Dylan Matthews. Today, should we put lithium in the water supply? Effective altruists like to look for interventions that could have a really big impact at a really low cost. At first blush, lithium in the water seems like just that kind of intervention. Areas that have more lithium in their water have fewer suicides, a lot fewer, and lithium's really, really cheap to add. But it all depends on how you define cost and we'll explore that over the course of this episode. First though, Nasir Gami is gonna talk us through some of the basics. He's a practicing psychiatrist and a professor of psychiatry at Tufts Medical Center. And he co-wrote a paper that looked at all the studies around lithium in the water. So for those of us who didn't pay as close attention as we should have in high school chemistry, what is lithium?
3: So, lithium is an element. It's the third element on the periodic table after hydrogen and helium. And it's found in water and the food supply.
2: More importantly for our purposes,
3: it's a medical
2: tool. It's a proven treatment for bipolar disorder. And not only that, but recently researchers have found that it brings down suicide rates and it might even help prevent dementia. Now, when the doctor gives a patient lithium, it's usually a lot. It's like 100 milligrams or more every day. But there are also tiny doses of lithium floating around in the world just naturally.
3: Right. So there are many parts of the world where there is more lithium in the water and other parts where there's less. And and it varies within a country and sometimes even within a state. Over the last 30, 40 years, people have studied parts of countries where there's more or less lithium. Places like Lithia Springs
2: in Georgia. Like the name implies it has a whole bunch of lithium in the water. But when we say a whole bunch, what we mean is that there are a couple of milligrams in the amount of water that a typical person would drink every day, a tiny fraction of even a basic prescription.
3: But that tiny, tiny fraction has shown some really interesting results. Repeatedly over decades now, most studies find that where there's high amounts of lithium in the water supply, there are much lower suicide rates than places where there's almost zero lithium in the water supply. Some studies looked at homicide and crime and found that it was lower in places that had lots of natural lithium. We're talking about almost half as much of those rates in high lithium areas compared to low lithium areas. And a recent study from Sweden, the first one to look at dementia, also finds significantly lower rates of Alzheimer's dementia, whether it's higher lithium in the water supply versus lower. In general, in the United States, lithium levels are much higher in the Northeast and East Coast and very low in the Mountain West. And suicide rates track that exactly. Much lower suicide rates in the Northeast and the highest rates of suicide are in the Mountain West. And do we know that it's lithium that's doing this or are
2: there things about places with lots of lithium that might explain why they have fewer suicides or fewer homicides or less dementia?
3: I mean, obviously, that's, a, that's the most obvious question. We call it confounding factors, other factors that could produce the result. And it's a very, very serious problem with any kind of epidemiological study. Suicide is a very classic example of this kind of thing, because lots of things can lead to more suicide rates one place versus another. Poverty, access to medical care, things like that.
2: Nasir Ghami says a lot of studies consider these factors already. They try to account for socioeconomic status or living in an urban place as opposed to a rural place. Even after all that, they still find that lithium decreases suicides and violence. There are also randomized clinical trials that they're done with the higher doses. They find lower suicide rates as well. But like all reasonably powerful drugs, lithium has side effects, and those side effects can be really serious, like kidney problems or hypertension those show up in people who get the high doses,
3: but... I think the risks are very small. In in the standard doses that are used pharmacologically, the kidney impairment, which is the most serious side effect with lithium, happens in about 1% to 5% of people with 20 years of treatment. Uh, And that's at doses that are, again, 20 to 100 times higher than what we're talking about in the water supply. So, to repeat, in a really high dose of
2: lithium a small fraction of people develop issues over the course of many years. And we're not even talking about giving everyone that kind of high dose of lithium. We're talking about giving them a tiny, tiny dose. Still, it is possible that people
3: could develop issues. And I think it's a very legitimate concern, especially given that suicide is a fraction of 1% of the population. The legitimate question is why should the other 99% be exposed to anything? And I think that's reasonable. These kinds of scientific questions don't have easy solutions. And medicine is always about weighing risks and benefits. It's about balancing probabilities.
2: Gami has weighed the costs and he's weighed the benefits. And he thinks that we could prevent about 15,000 to 25,000 suicides every year in the United States. For comparison, only about 11,000 people are murdered with guns every year. And we rightfully freak out about that. And we could also see a reduction in violence and dementia.
3: If I had to vote on it, I would vote yes. If, if it's indeed true that we could cut crime rates and violence rates by a half with such a simple intervention, I think it's something for us seriously to consider. If we want peace in our time, maybe we should be thinking about biological routes to peace as well as psychological and social ones.
2: In a purely rational world, maybe that's all the math we'd have to do. What are the health risks? What are the health benefits? But we don't live in a purely rational world. After the break, science reporter Jesse Hicks tells us what happens when you tell people you're going to medicate their water supply. Spoiler, it's uh, it's not pretty.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: Support for this show comes from Mercury. Financial operations are needlessly complex. Startups have to cobble together a patchwork of tools to reconcile transactions from different sources and struggle to glean answers from platforms that speak different languages. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account. So you can pay bills faster, stay in control of company spending and speed up reconciliation. Apply in minutes at mercury.com and join over 100,000 ambitious startups that trust Mercury. Not just for banking and credit cards, but for the precision, control, and focus they need to transform their financial workflows. And perform at their best. Mercury, the art of simplified finances. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Mercury is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Evolve Bank & Trust. Members of FDIC.
4: Imagine a, a very stereotypical mid-1940s, post-World War II classroom. This is Jesse Hicks, a science reporter. It's kind of drab. The students are all obediently lined up and the doctors are carefully examining their teeth going from one to the next and taking careful notation on this.
5: This is Grand Rapids, Michigan, a town becoming widely known to dentists and innocent...
4: We're talking now January 1945, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and there's a lot of excitement around what is being called a trial. There's been a whole examination of students by white-smocked doctors really kind of setting a baseline for what is supposed to be a, a really great experiment.
5: Grand Rapids' fight against tooth decay started in January 1945 when fluoride was added to the water supply.
4: It's a Thursday, it's a cold day. They are literally loading by hand this powder and it's going through pipes and tubes and and all kinds of things out into the water supply uh, that will serve Grand Rapids and that begins this Large-scale experiment that's intended to go on for more than a decade. The trial progresses, and they're seeing exactly the kind of reduction in cavities that they expected.
5: After six years of fluoridation, the study shows that the six-year-old children who drank the water from birth had 65% less tooth decay.
4: And they say, we want to have 50 localities by 1950 fluoridating
5: their water. Dentists in many cities are helping to bring the benefits of fluoridation to children.
4: So they begin going on these tours, going around explaining the the benefits of fluoridation.
5: Our children can have better health through fluoridated water. They can drink away tomorrow's tooth decay.
4: One thing happens in this place called Stevens Point, Wisconsin. The city council is considering the idea of fluoridating. And a guy named... Alexander Y. Wallace, he's a self-described watchdog of the public treasury. He's a local poet, writes a lot of letters to the editor.
2: He starts making the argument that fluoride is poison. Wallace is definitely wrong. It's not poison. But he's doing a lot to convince people that it is. He's passing out handbills that have skull and crossbones on them. He's
4: composing songs. uh... Goodbye, Florine, to the the tune of Goodnight, Irene. He's a real gadfly, and he eventually, through pretty much his own zeal, convinces the city council not to go forward with the fluoridation process. The pro-fluoridation people decide that they can just try to ignore him and fight this battle on its merits, but they end up losing. So the way this then goes out kind of into the larger public is it's publicized in the national press. Wallace becomes this kind of folkloric figure, but this mantle of being anti-fluoridation kind of goes out and disperses and it's taken up by a whole bunch of different groups. The John Birch Society starts to take it up with their very conspiratorial way of thinking of it as a communist mind control conspiracy. Have you
5: ever heard of a thing called fluoridation, fluoridation of water?
2: The mind control myth was so widespread, it even made an appearance in Dr. Strangelove, the classic movie.
5: Do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face?
4: Ku Klux Klan, which was very anti-communist at the time as well, kind of latches on to a similar interpretation. Ordinary citizens often are kind of convinced by the, the pseudoscience of it, so they come on board. I think part of the longevity of this controversy has to do with the way it can activate so many different biases and prejudices. As soon as you start talking about putting something in the water supply, you have small or anti-government people responding very vigorously against that.
2: I'm going to get into a big stack of nanny state news. from Alex Jones, for example, the host of InfoWars. Take
4: fluoride out of the water. Number one, sodium fluoride's deadly poison. You have people who are convinced by the pseudoscience that this is in fact poison.
3: It was first the Russians by the 20s had
4: learned that if they added sodium fluoride and its different cofactors or different variants, different varieties, that it is a toxic sedative. It also reduces fertility and attacks the entire... We'll save lives today.
2: Even Dr. Oz, the hugely popular TV doctor, had an anti-fluoride guest a few years ago. It's been decades, but the fears about fluoride aren't going away. When you
4: start messing with people's drinking water... (laughs) (laughs) That becomes a very contentious thing, and it it activates all of these paranoias or biases or preconceptions. Now, take that same situation, but it's lithium, which we are actually arguing changes people's minds. I think you're going to activate the same set of paranoias and conspiracy theory thinking. I also think the way we understand mental health in the United States would play into that. We still have a long ways to go in understanding the subtleties of mental health. You're also talking at that
2: point about genuinely large-scale medication. So at the end of the day, where does Jesse Hicks end up on adding lithium to the water? He thinks we need a rock-solid, impenetrable scientific case if we're going to do it. The science so far is promising, but not firm enough for him.
4: Lithium's effects are really important and they're something that should be studied. I would make the argument, based on the science, that everybody should be at least looking at lithium. It's that when you start making it a public health policy, you activate all of these other considerations that make it that much harder to make it happen.
2: Conclusions like this are very frustrating. Lithium in the water is a policy that could save literally thousands of lives. But because it means tampering with our drinking water and because people don't really think of mental health as something that could affect them and their loved ones, the public would likely go ballistic if a politician actually proposed something like this. When considering policies and interventions to push for, costs are complicated. Effective altruists can't just look at the financial cost of putting lithium in the water. They can't even stick to the health costs weighed against the health benefits. As we'll see again next episode, they also have to wade through a tangle of emotional reactions. That's not to say that unpredictable responses should prevent us from considering lithium in the water as an option, but they are a very big, very real obstacle that we can't ignore. Future Perfect is produced by Bird Pinkerton. Our editor is Amy Drozdowska. We got a lot of help and owe a lot of thanks to Jillian Weinberger. Our engineer is Jarrett Floyd. We have music by Chris Zabriskie, Blue Dot Sessions, and Poddington Bear. We couldn't find the lyrics to Goodbye, Florine, so we made up our own. Stay tuned for Christina and Nima Shan's rendition at the very end of this episode. Thanks again to Jesse Hicks. Uh, we have a link to his Science History Institute piece in the description. Future Perfect is made possible through a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation. To read more of our reporting on effective altruism, check out vox.com futureperfect
6: future goodbye. Flooring goodbye. Goodbye, Florine Goodbye, Florine Don't want your poisoning Florine, goodbye Florine, goodbye Goodbye, Florine Don't want your poisoning Sometimes I live in the city Sometimes I live on the farm But always I have a great notion That fluorine is doing me harm. Fluorine, goodbye. Fluorine, goodbye. Goodbye, fluorine. Goodbye, fluorine. Don't want your poison. Support for this show
1: comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account. So ambitious companies have the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com.
0: Learn more today at SAS.com slash V-I-Y-A.